0: What's up, Real Champs podcast listeners? It's Mushak, your co-host and contributor to the Real Champs. I'm alongside Hassan Karim, the co-editor of the page. We are back. It's been like a week and a half and it's been absolutely insane because I'm a grad student. Hassan's in undergrad school, so we are both uh, ridiculously busy, unfortunately, (laughs) hence why we haven't done a podcast. A lot of people said things like, Oh, are you guys not podcasting because Real Madrid are doing poorly again? No, that just happens to be a coincidence. But believe me, we have lots of criticism for Real Madrid. Uh, but just before I shut up talking, I'll let Hasan <laughs> himself. And then we'll jump into these last two matches before we take a look at the match against Barcelona tomorrow.
1: Oh, there's going to be some painful recaps I can already tell. <laughs>
0: Uh, I've forgotten uh, that first match. So, the last time we did one was after the first leg against Ajax in the Champions League, which Real Madrid won superbly 2 1. And then Real Madrid went to go face lowly Girona and lost 2 1, as well as having a man sent off. And then this past weekend, excuse me, against uh, Levante away again, uh, Real Madrid. One, two, one, but it was...
1: Squeaked past.
0: Yeah, eh, I, I don't know. We'll, we'll do the Girona game first, but in that Levante game, two men sent off, one for each side. Uh, first of all, what was the key problem against Girona?
1: That goddamn press, Jesus Christ. They suffocated us quite literally. Um, that, and they, they, they just did To be fair, Rail started off well. First, the first half largely was good. Uh, took the lead early uh, ish um, and controlled it for large parts. And then Girona, winning at the half, um, came out with adjustments and attacked the weaknesses, which was the gaps left in behind the fullbacks. I think Lozano was just openly running down uh, his flank with little to no challenge on him whatsoever.
0: Well, like you said, it was a tale of two halves, a Casemiro scoring a header from a set piece taken by Tony Cruz in the 25th minute, uh, 25th minute, 25th minute. Um, And then after that, it was kind of just a mess. Sergio Ramos with a handball. Girona get a penalty in the 65th minute. Uh, They tie it up from Stuani, And then again, later on in the match uh, from a counterattack, just one big heap of... The stuff that comes out of the rear end of a cat. Trash, yeah. It was absolutely disgusting. Uh, I hate to say it, but somebody should have been marking his man. Somebody was way off.
1: Ugh. And
0: here we go again, exactly. And that resulted in the gold shirt. I could have done a little bit more to keep the ball out, but it is no coincidence that... Um, You have a goal coming from where Marcelo should have been defending. Of course, neither Hassan nor I are trying to hate him. It is strictly just criticism, and it is a fact. That's what happened, and that's how the game played out.
1: Yeah, uh, I think so far, every single game this season Marcelo has played, he's been at the forefront of causing an error that leads to a goal every single game he's played. It's a really damning start.
0: In the last nine games he's played, I think Madrid have won twice and drawn once. I could be utterly incorrect in that statement. I'm trying to use my photographic memory and remember that because I can't quite find the stat right now. Uh, But irrespective, it has been pretty poor as to how Marcelo has been. I would love to see him do well. Uh, It's not to say that we don't want him at the club anymore. It's just you have to play the man who's done consistently well, and that is Sergio Regulon. So don't be surprised if he continues to get the starts, no matter how big the game is, because the kid has shown up time and time again. I think other than that, we've seen one other really stupid thing become a pattern over the last couple of games is Sergio Ramos's recklessness. Uh, I can kind of see him trying to count cards, so to speak, against that, <laughs> second, that first leg against Ajax. Uh, but against Girona, foolish, and then just, yeah, no bueno, no bueno.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's just one of those, really, isn't it? He was doing so well for so long, and then the typical rash sort of nature of his kind of has creeped back into his mindset, and he's just not thinking things. It's like he doesn't think, think things through before he does it. Um, it's Simply, that's that's all it is, really. Um. Not much more you can say than that.
0: What would you have to say on the mental state of Real Madrid right now? Taking so many red cards in the last, well, two, in the last couple of games. Um, you know, Sergio Ramos now most likely going to be absent. I mean, you have Nacho taking a red card in the 86th minute. You're 2-1 up against Levante.
1: Where's the? Yeah, one? it's just, it's, it's moronic. It's not like they're even justifiable red cards. Nacho was just idiotic for what he did. Um, I don't know, understand why he thought yeah, it we a good idea to drag. I think he dragged the player down. I can't remember off the top of my head now. Um, I think he literally just pulled the man down. Um, and when he, when he, was, he clearly knew he was already on a, foot, on a yellow as it was. You're, they're on a counter-attack. It wasn't particularly too dangerous. They were still well away from the box. Yeah, He decided to just bring him down. Stupid, really, because he was pretty much right next to him. I'm pretty sure he could have given chase to him fairly well. Again, just it's not even like a case of there were harsh calls or anything like that. They are literally are just stupid mistakes.
0: Well, disciplinary actions and, you know, having discipline just overall is something that's really important. Um, Real Madrid fans, as well as some of the... Uh, staff and whatnot have been openly but kind of low-key critical of Barcelona and the VAR decisions that they've been given. Uh, I think the lady luck was on Real Madrid's side, but I think it was just a little bit too much, and it was slightly ludicrous to have those two penalties. I would say the first one is totally guaranteed. I am still not convinced on the second one, though.
1: The second one was a complete and utter blunder on the uh, aspect of the officials. There was no way that was a penalty. I don't. I, I, as much as I'll take the, take the goal, it was not a penalty <laughs> in any stretch of the means. There was no contact. Was, even if there was any contact, it was so minuscule, it wouldn't have been enough to send Casemiro over as he did. Um, so, again, just luck was on our side for a change there. It's uh, I, kind
0: of bad because we've always you know, cock back at other teams. I'm not going to mention them, but I'm sure you guys can guess who. Uh, for having the calls in their favor, and now to win, it's almost like not winning with the same amount of honor. It just doesn't feel right. I mean, we needed the three points, but still, I would rather lose with my head held high as opposed to win in this kind of a fashion. Even with the first penalty, it was almost a minute before the ball, you know, the Play was called down, whistled down, and then a penalty was given. And I understand it takes a while. You want to make sure you want to look and see that you're making the right decision uh, for those of- officials in the VAR room. But then you had Levante bursting up against Real Madrid in the attack. And then suddenly the whistle goes off and it's like, oh yeah, you've, been, uh, you've thrown a penalty Madrid's way. So I-, I don't know, this VAR thing, I'm so for it, but it's still kind of...
1: It's just, the problem is it's a good technology in the hands of incompetent Neanderthals. The, the, the Spanish fish eating always been probably the worst in Europe by a long way. Um, and we've seen it time and time again, not just with VAR, but before VAR. There were blunderous calls constantly just going on and on and on. So it's not surprised surprise that even given technology it's supposed to help with their competence, they still manage to be incompetent with usage of it. So by this point, I'm not surprised.
0: Well, irrespective, like we said, Real Madrid were definitely uh, helped out. They just were handed this win through two penalties. And I think, apart from the fact that Real Madrid could have only won this game because of two penalties, what scares me more is the lack of conversion. And when you look at the stat line in comparison to Levante, we had 19 shots, and they only had 11 five on target to their two. We controlled 61% of the possession, had 540 passes in comparison to their 342. we passed with 84% accuracy compared to their 76. We fouled six less times. We gave them away one yellow card, meaning safe to say we played a little bit of a cleaner game and we had six corners to their four corners. And it was like still so, how can you have all that? and still not be able to produce anything. It's as if you could have all the tools in the world and still not to be able to complete the job. I think that, to me, is more concerning than the fact that Real Madrid won the game through two penalties.
1: Yeah, the funny thing about this was um, the expected goals, really. I mean, for the Girona game, for example, we actually underperformed expected goals in that game. Not surprising, given how bad the performance was. Um, Against Levante... Again, we, we underperformed. Again, we were expected to score 1.43. Again, not a huge amount of a... Oh, so yeah, sorry, I read, I read that wrong. We still underperformed. We were expected to score 2.71 and only scored two. So this says a lot, really, about the fact that they're just not really putting things away as such. But 19 shots with only five on targets pretty poor.
0: And, and correct me if I'm wrong. I'm almost certain that expected goals does not account for uh, the possibilities of having a penalty in your favour.
1: No, it, no it doesn't. I don't think, doesn't so anyway.
0: think so. Yeah, so we basically fell just about three goals short of what we were expected to do. So a lot of issues there. I think the one thing that you and I discussed before we started uh, actually recording the podcast is there's been some parallels that can be drawn between both the match against Girona and both this match. Despite the win, this was in by no means a good performance. Like I said, you not can't... Not at
1: all. That. Not at all.
0: Yeah, not at all. Um, I'll go first, and then I'll let you take one. I think the one thing that has remained the same and the thing that has kind of beaten down on Real Madrid uh, and hurt the team is that high press. I mean, Ajax pulled it off against us. Luckily, we were able to, to come through and kind of mitigate that. But then to be able to just be, like, bamboozled by Girona and Levante with a press, it's like it should be absurd. You have a midfield, like two guys in the midfield. Sure, they didn't play, but you know you have guys in that team who can pass with ninety percent accuracy. Like, why aren't you whipping the ball around any quicker? Why is there, you know, no movement, no long balls? Like, it it just looked disastrous at points. So a high press, like you just can't. We need to be the ones to instigate and instill the high press, not be the ones to fall victim to.
1: Yeah, Madrid have historically always struggled with high presses, though. It's it's kind of gospel by this point. Um, And you've seen it numerous times when a team wants to get at Madrid. They usually go for gung-ho high press. You saw it last season, especially. Even last season, they still struggled with it. Uh, It's like when we beat Juventus in the Champions League. Look at how they came at us in that second leg. Completely abandon their usual defensive shell and just press the living crap out of Madrid, and almost saw themselves to go through. That's just one example. Um, it's 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 pretty much the way to go if you want to beat this Madrid. So because of gaps in behind the full-backs, it's open space there can pretty much. Um, Casemiro is not the most press-resistant central defensive midfielder. Uh Tony Cruz, because he lacks mobility, he's a bit of a struggler sometimes with with the press as well. So you could essentially that's two players you've already like, essentially knocked out of the game. As well as the fullbacks make that four. Uh, Modric is probably the only press resistant player in the team because he's able to sort of ghost in and out of players and there's a bit of ease. Um But yeah, generally speaking, just they always struggle with the with the press. It's like Ramos and Varane can't be put into pressure because they, they'll make a rash decision where it's pinging the ball up and pinging it straight back to the opponent or um, sometimes even giving it away or just giving a, a sloppy foul. It's just, it's always been the way to beat Madrid is to press the crap out of them.
0: Well, I think uh, we've come to the conclusion that we suck when we're pressed. Um, I think another big thing is who the hell Solari is going to play in the next couple of games Coming up, there's three big fixtures. If you don't know, um, this is literally the moment to watch Real Madrid. If you haven't watched any Real Madrid matches this season, and you've relied on this podcast and our website to let you know what's going on, first of all, we truly appreciate you. Loads of love. Thank you so much for that. But secondly, if you've yet to watch a game this season, this is the time to watch the games, uh, because I think this is just like the make-or-break point in... Literally every competition. We play Barcelona in the Copa. We play Barcelona again in La Liga. And then we play Ajax in the Champions League. A round of 16, second leg. So these next few days will be make or break for this side. Uh, I hope Solari just gets the squad selection right. I hope he doesn't succumb to some weird, I don't know, out-of-this-world, foreign, alien-like, presence and start Gareth Bale I'll probably cry if he starts Gareth Bale I don't know what do you think
1: uh so far he's done so he's uh, done well in the bigger games where he's needed to get his uh, team selection right I mean the first class score I think he nailed it um and the derby he had it pretty much he had, he had his tactics and his, his selection nailed down to a T. So I can't imagine it will be that as such I just come down to how the team plays on the day, really. Um Barcelona haven't been at their best in these last couple of weeks. Uh struggled to score against Leon despite having an absolute plethora of shots. Um, they then I, felt
0: his new favourite word. He texted me about this <laughs> he said to me something, I don't know what we were talking about. He mentioned the word plethora. I mean he says it a little differently, but yeah, as officially his new favorite word, so you
1: guys should just all mention him on Twitter. Just say plethora, and I'm sure he'll be very happy. It's a way to my heart. Or um, well, if you've got any other fancy words, get them at me. I like them. Um, yeah,
0: so- Passing a thesaurus, please. Let it be a <laughs> Christmas gift.
1: But literally, so they, they, uh, they fell to Valencia 2 2, I think, at home. Um, <laughs> then for, they also fell to Athletic Club, not too recently, as well. I forgot about that one. Uh, and then against Sevilla recently, they had, obviously they won 4-2, but they were very, very sloppy. Uh, and if it wasn't for a certain Argentine, they probably would have lost that game. Quite handed yeah.
0: it, it was looking very likely. I was quite excited while I was watching. I was like, oh my God, yes, they're going to lose. And then I went to go do something and came back and it's was 4-2. And I was like, well, this kind of sucks. But anyway, apart, we'll do the squad selection. We'll, we'll pick our, you know... Fantasy 11, so to speak, or our optimal 11. Uh, what are three keys to this? You, you go first. We'll come up with three.
1: For so, this. three keys to beating Barcelona. Well, definitely, uh, I'd say targeting the flank that Vinicius play, plays on the left side. So, he's going to be key because they always leave a bit of space behind. Um, so, players like Vasquez and Vinicius are key to so exploiting that They've got the similar weakness to us, really. Uh, always leaving space open at the back. Uh, They will be missing Arthur in the midfield to win the midfield battle will be huge because Arthur put in an absolute performance against us in that first uh, Copa del Rey leg Um, and defensive solidity because obviously they've got Messi this time around. So I think sticking a man on him and I think, basically I think don't play Marcelo is the key point to make there. I think Sergi Regulon will have a much stronger uh, outlet on that flank than what Marcelo will in current form. I don't really think he's just going to pick it up for this one game. I think it's better just to be safe and pick the youngster, which is probably going to be crazy to some people but, yeah, bite me.
0: I don't think anybody wants to bite you, but I would (laughs) have to agree. I think uh, just adding to it, I guess it's not three. I'm making a four. But for me, it would just be the high press. I love the high press. Salah Zidane, implement that high press so many times in champions league is work wonders. It does well for this team. I think early substitutes making them when they need to be made is going to be smart. I would rather take off a player at the 65th, 70th minute, because we know for a fact that they don't have the fitness to continue to carry on to play in that fashion for 90 minutes. I'd rather just have someone who's going to go out there guns blazing um, so basically, like Lucas Vasquez, if Lucas isn't starting, Danny Stavallos is a great burst of energy, good passing, holds the ball well. It just needs to be like we basically need to outpossess Barcelona, which sounds insane, but I think it's going to be a, a thing.
1: Key to the last game, really, was getting to a really good start and getting straight at them. Um, but the yeah, only worrying thing is that I don't think we've won a home Classico in something like five years. Big up to uh, Christopher McCormack for giving me that status on Twitter. Oh, I
0: missed Oh, yeah, that. here we go. I
1: haven't won that. a League Classico in three years and haven't won a home one in five years. Yeah, we, I also miss Chris. If you're, if you're listening, Chris, we miss you. <laughs> yeah, I
0: miss you, Chris. Uh,
1: Love you. Yeah, um, so that, that's not the best of numbers, really. But uh, yeah, getting at them early like we did in the first first Coppa Derulo was it was massive. We uh, you know able to score early off of it. Barcelona weren't quite sure what to do with it, uh, so it'll be key to keeping momentum and hopefully nicking another early goal. I think.
0: Before we end this podcast, um, fantasy or rather our predicted eleven, or I guess a bit of a prediction, and also who we'd like to see. Go for it. Let's start. I uh, think it would be
1: exactly the same last one, personally, but. You think so? I think it would be exactly the same as the last class but exactly the same. Damn. Pal Marcelo, Paul Marcelo. Regular, not reckon, get the start, but oh. other than that.
0: Oh. Yeah, I don't know how I would feel about that
1: one. Because reports suggesting Isco's not even going to make the squad at all, like, period. Mm-hmm. Which, uh, it, which is stupid considering fit, and it's stupid anyway. Um so I, I I wouldn't be surprised to see the same same eleven minus Marcelo.
0: Really? Even Marcos Girante over Casemiro.
1: If he's fit, oh I think so, possibly. But Cashmere has not been playing too badly as of late, to be fair. So that's a bit of a toss-up for me, really.
0: Well, for those of you who don't remember, I'm gonna kinda piece together what I think our Hassan can agree our predicted eleven is. In goal would be Kaylor Navas starting from left back to right back, Sergio Regulon, Sergio Ramos, Rafa veron Danny Carvajal. From left to right in the midfield, Tony Cruz, Casemiro, and Luka Modric. And then the top three, again from left to right, would be Vinicius, Kareem, and Lucas Vasquez. now I just realized the front three acronym is like KVV, which I think sounds sick. It sounds like...
1: Mm, It's all right. It's all right.
0: What do you mean it's all right? It sounds wicked.
1: It's all right.
0: (laughs) Anyway, guys, that's it for the podcast. There's our 11. Those are our keys to the match. Uh, That is a recap. Hustle and I will be back right after the Barcelona match on Wednesday. Uh, We will be live tweeting and we definitely will periscope that game as well because we enjoy that. Um, Again, sorry for the extended period of time. Uh, We hope your phones and devices didn't miss hearing us and our sound waves bellowing through them. Uh, Yeah, so enjoy the game on Wednesday and we'll see you guys around. As always, Hala Madrid. Sweet.